0: The visiting Atlanta Hawks, one twenty-three to one o six. Before we go ahead and, and jump into uh, our main talking points and um, you know deep dive into um, critiquing the game itself, um, Tony, you want to go ahead and give us a quick rundown on our uh, st- uh, our stats from the night?
1: Yeah, Zion Williamson had twenty-five points, five rebounds, three assists on nine of sixteen shooting. Brandon Ingram had sixteen points, seven rebounds, three assists on six of ten. Herb Jones chipped in 13 points, two rebounds, one assist on six of 13. Jonas Valanciunas had six points and seven rebounds. C.J. McCollum had 13 points on five of 12 from the field. And Jordan Hawkins had 15 points on four of eight from three, five of 11 from the field.
0: Great. Thanks, Tony. Um, I think going ahead and and kind of starting off there, right, um, with some of those... uh, those leading stats is uh, first, you know, big news is it looks like we had uh B.I. return to the lineup tonight after dealing with um, that knee tendinitis um, causing him to miss uh, the last couple games. So um, in terms of, of having B.I. back in the rotation, Tony, what uh, what did you see out there? Um, what did you think were some of the things that the team may have, um, you know, used his return as an advantageous, uh, you know situation and and what were some of the items or or areas that caused this team to to maybe have some hiccups with his return.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think any time that you get BI back into the lineup, it's it's going to be a good thing and I think we all saw that early on. It seemed like BI was confident in, you know, how he was moving and how he was taking his shots and came out strong with 7 points to begin the game and um you know, I think he really tried to be aggressive while coming off of that injury. But in turn, I think that makes the offense uh, get a little out of rhythm just because they're trying to integrate someone back into the lineup. Um, Zion as well, since he missed last game uh, due to rest. But uh, I like what I saw from the beginning, but it kind of, as the game went on, it seemed kind of, you know, a little jumbled there uh, for a while.
0: Yeah, that that aligns with a lot of, um, you know, what I had, I had seen and what I took from the game. One area that I think... Um, you know, Brandon does need to do a better job of in terms of, um, especially when these games start and, and they do kind of have a, a star-studded matchup from the opposing team, such as, you know, DeJounte Murray and Trey Young. Um, you know, this is a group of guys that we've struggled with for the last year or so, um, ever since they, they got together as a tandem. Um, but whenever he's got a, you know, a big matchup in terms of, um, you know, other elite players coming in, um, to play against him and Zion, I think, uh, Brandon needs to do, a a better job of incorporating Zion early. Obviously, Brandon, like you said, did a good job of coming off that injury, being aggressive early and and looking to, you know, work his way back in quickly and then hopefully, you know, kind of stem that uh, production outwards to his other teammates and start getting them some looks and and some open shots. But, um, you know, one thing that I think we've we've learned from Zion and, um, you know, the way that he really likes to work himself into a game is the best version of Zion is one that's involved early. not necessarily in terms of getting shots, but, um, you know, getting him touches, right? I think Brandon needs to understand that um, ultimately through a 48-minute game, you know, for him to not only maximize his own offensive abilities, but to get the most out of their, them too as a pair, you know, he's really got to empower Zion early. You know, I, I do, I do recall, you know, in that Grizzlies game that, you know, that was one takeaway that it seemed like those two were doing a really good job of um, you know, truly playing together, um, you know, they were playing within a system and, and operating in, in similar spaces and, and using each one of their, um, you know, areas of strength together to get themselves open shots. Whereas the last, um, you know, two games that the both of them have been on the floor, it has kind of seemed like it has felt like a little bit more of that your turn, my turn um, type of mentality, which was something that that got these guys, you know, in trouble in the past as well as makes it more difficult for those, you know, other teammates to play off of them as they're just kind of standing and watching instead of playing in, in rhythm and, and, you know, working themselves around the, around the arc. So that is one area that, that I would like to to see Brandon improve here in the next coming games or so, especially, um, you know, based off a lot of the, the feedback that, that not only himself and Zion have been giving, but head coach Willie green, right. You know, There's been a lot of talk around New Orleans that they see themselves as one of the top, you know, duos in the league, if not the top duo in the league in terms of, um, you know, their abilities on the floor and the the talents that each one of them possess. Um, But, you know, that's something that starts with them. And and ultimately, it's their responsibility and burden on a night to night basis that, um, you know, if they're not bringing, you know, the best version of themselves as a tandem, um, you know it's going to be tough for this team to win games, and, and that's how it is with a lot of teams around the league, right? You look around the league and you see tandems such as LeBron and AD, Kyrie and Luka, Jokic and um, you know Murray, um, you know now Giannis and Dame. Um, obviously, each one of those teams has you know a great supporting cast around them, but ultimately it comes down to the to the performances of those you know tandems of guys and and what they can bring on a night to night basis. So. Um, you know, it's one thing to certainly think that they are one of the best duos in the league. It's another thing to, you know, outwardly say that in the media and bring that responsibility upon themselves. So at this point, you know, it's, um, it's a little bit of that, that put up or shut up, you know, they need to bring it on a night to night basis. As Willie said, they need to be dominant. They need to control the game. And, um, you know, they have to take that upon themselves as we, you know, move through the next couple of games or so and, and certainly grow in that area.
1: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with, you know, some of the points that you pointed out. And it does kind of seem like Zion and Brandon are kind of having this issue to begin games because it kind of seems like Zion will take a first quarter and, you know, not really even look at the rim. And then when he comes in for that second rotation in that second quarter, he kind of then will start to pick things up, look at the rim, attack uh, his defenders and, know try to start scoring so like you said Brandon being that leader of the team he should kind of know let's get these others involved as well as himself because I mean you know he started off really good but then once you said once he knew he probably took the first couple shots of the game you know let's get it to Zion uh, see what coverage they're in uh, defending him and kind of go from there and kind of see how that all works
0: right um, you know, when when thinking about that and, and digesting that, you know, by no means do well, I want to put you on the spot here, but you know, putting on your your coaching cap, right, from an X and O standpoint, what where are some of the areas that you think this staff could do a better job of, like you said, you know, ensuring that these two are able to get off to hot starts and are able to, you know, work themselves into a rhythm and you know, the sooner that they're able to, you know, be engaged as a tandem, right? That's the sooner that those other guys are going to be getting open looks. That's the soo- that's sooner that CJ is able to play off ball where we think he's the best, you know, suited at this point, you know, of his career. What, what would you change on a night-to-night basis? Is that more in terms of, you know, is that having, you know, two or three scheduled, um, you know, play calls to essentially, you know, align yourself with the first three possessions of the game? Is that more you know, a mindset? Is that schematically? I mean, what, what do you think are, are areas that, that need to be changed or could at least assist, um, you know, giving this group a little bit of a push early in games? Yeah,
1: I mean, I always think it's always good for an offense of any team in this league to just see how a team is going to be guarding them, you know, pick and roll wise. And so if you just start the game off with a simple, either Zion has the ball or Brandon has the ball, I think getting either of those two guys in the middle of the floor or on the elbow and kind of see how these teams react to that. I mean, I think that'll kind of show you what their, you know, scheme is going to be going uh, throughout the game. Yeah, that can obviously change, but uh, like you were saying in that Memphis game, it kind of seemed more of like a together uh, system and, you know, they were kind of looking for each other and it wasn't just, oh, here, you take the shot, I take Mm -hmm. the shot here and there And then like we saw tonight, it's like Brandon would give it to Zion in the middle of the floor and then just basically just get out of his way Mm -hmm. and vice versa. So I think any time that you can get those two involved to start the game and you know, you actually use the screen. Like you were you were saying earlier, when was the last time we saw like BI just dump it down to Zion off of that pick and roll from like a dive or anything like that? So I think just seeing any Play schematically like that just to kind of see how they read and react uh towards those defenses uh, we'll you know be able to get them to start games out i think a little hotter and at least get both of them touching the ball and moving
0: yeah that's great that's great insight there and um you know appreciate you bringing um that opinion forth and, and sharing that with uh with the group um you know segueing off of brandon and zion i think um ultimately that's going to be a driving force, right? Every, every night that we're going to be checking, you know, you know those two will be driving the, the success of this team. But, um, I think at this point we've had a, a large enough sample size and it's becoming pretty evident the the struggles that this team is having rebounding in the basketball, um, you well as, or, you know, as well as anybody else that I voiced my, my concerns and, and displeasures with with the team's rebounding and, and more specifically the production coming from that five spot or that five spot from JV and, and uh, Larry but um, I wanted to go ahead and dive a little bit deeper in there and and hopefully give everybody the opportunity to um, you know really take a deeper look in this and see you know what are we seeing on a night-to-night basis that is um, you know hindering this team from being able to rebound and how does that bleed over in terms of um, not only bleeding over to the offensive side of the ball but almost becoming a toxic you know situation that that is bleeding over in terms of These guys not being able to have the confidence on possession to possession that they're able to close these things out and and ultimately really affecting this group as a whole.
1: Yeah, I mean, once again tonight, the rebounding numbers was 52 to 35. The Hawks had 19 offensive rebounds to our nine. So it just seems like every game we're getting out-rebounded from that perspective. And then, like you were saying, it kind of does bleed over to the offense because getting out-rebounded or out-defended like that it just becomes demoralizing for the whole team and how do you expect them to then come on the other end and you know produce and everything like that when they know of all the struggles that have happened you know possession after possession after possession when one your initial defense is getting the stops but then it's time and time again where they're getting one two three more cracks at the at the basket um so I just think you know, it's been a demoralizing thing this whole year when they've looked bad in stretches, and uh, that bleeds over to the offense, and I don't know, and you've kind of touched on it too, like Larry kind of plays out of position, so you can't really fault him with, you know, his size and having to be that five, so it's kind of not fair to him, but at the end of the day, if they're putting him in that position, you know, those guys need to produce at that spot, and ultimately that's been the biggest issue here with this team so far because you go down the other stats and you know they shot we shot it pretty well from the field the threes weren't going in tonight but you shoot it well from the free throw line which we've touched on too which to be a good team got to be able to shoot free throws and then that next you know facet of the game to become a better team is to end possessions with rebounds so i don't know it just it's one of those glaring things every night that you know I I just don't know what the answer is besides, you know, something else or somebody else coming into that spot.
0: Right. And obviously you don't ever want to, you know, go ahead and and speak in terms of, you know, certainty that that something will happen, but, you know, seeing this long enough in terms of this year and last year, and I think the further we kind of get down the road of, of this group and watching them play, I think we're starting to get a, a little bit more clarity in terms of how big of a deal, um, you know, JV's deficiencies truly are on a night-to-night basis, right? I, you look at a game like Detroit where, you know, he was very involved, right? We'll give it to him. He and we gave him credit last last show, um, you know, giving him his props and, and making sure that that we certainly shed some light on that. He was a really good player offensively. He did, you know, crash the glass and, and at least record a high number of rebounds. But then again, we have to look at that for what it's worth, right? That's a young, very immature, um, inexperienced team over there in Detroit that, that certainly doesn't have the, you know, roster or the manpower to certainly, um, you know, contend with JV on that low block. And and certainly the numbers were great, but I still think there's a, a very large disconnect between the statistical impact um, you know, that's occurring on a night-to-night basis and and the true value of of what is being presented from that five spot. Um, you know, when speaking about some of those deficiencies, you know, let's go ahead and dive in there and, and take a look at and not only what those deficiencies are, but but where where do those deficiencies bleed into the rest of the team and and you know, where where are some of those things that truly aren't being judged for what they are and it's really just a byproduct right uh, of that that poor play from from JV at the five
1: yeah I mean I think we all can kind of see it out there it's a you know high pick and roll and you know we're notorious for playing in drop coverage and JV being that back guy and you know it's kind of like on a string or if you're kind of holding JV's hand that's impacting everybody else who is on the perimeter so say you got whoever in the pick and roll and JV's that next guy stepping up, then that's leaving that guy in the corner or the opposite side, having to help JV's role, which then in turn, you know, creates that person who's helping, you know, their guy being left open. And that's how we get, you know, those rebounds, those, how other teams get those long rebounds.
0: Right. And that, that, that's a great breakdown for, for those listening, you know, that to just give them a little bit more, Insight in terms of what that um, you know what that can play a role in in terms of having a five man that that is constantly in drop coverage and is needing to be supported um, on a possession to possession basis. Um, you know, from your expertise, would you say it's safe to say that you know having JV in the middle of the floor and and having those guys offer the level of support that they need to on a possession to possession basis? Do you think that that sheds a negative light in terms of of their production from? you know, a defensive point of view? Do you think some of those guys are getting, um, you know, a little bit of a a bad rap of being a defensive player just because of the level of help that they're having to provide and the attention they're having to take away from, um, you know, those um, primary offensive players that they're guarding in terms of having to constantly be in early rotation and constantly having to cover large, um, you know, amounts of space to, to get back into the play?
1: Yeah, I think that's definitely kind of what's been going on, is I think a lot of these guys on the Pelicans have made good strides on the defensive end in the last couple years of being better, having active hands, and everything like that, and when you're having to overhelp that one specific spot on the floor, you know, of course everybody else's defense is going to, you know, hinder in that. Yes, Herb is a great defender, all defensive guy, but he can't alone make up that ground, and... Neither can any of these other guys, because then, you know, like I said, they get out of position every possession, which then leads to those long rebounds and second chance opportunities for these teams, which has been killing us all year.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's in line with with how I feel and, and what I've been saying for, for quite a while now. I think, uh, like you said, um, you know, from an individual perspective, I think a lot of the guys have made big improvements as defensive players, and I think... Not only does it affect them individually, I think it it probably does not shine a, a very fair light on the defensive scheme in, in you know in totality. I think more than likely this group is is doing a better job than um, we're certainly seeing right in terms of results on the defensive end, and I think a lot of it stems from that. Um, you know, not only are we seeing that that issue there on on the defensive end. Um, in terms of you know dealing with rotations and and ultimately giving up a lot of open perimeter shots, but um, like you said, the inability to to close out rebounds and and how that will certainly bleed over into the the overall confidence of this group, I think those two things in conjunction with one another um, are certainly not a very good recipe for success moving forward, especially with a young team that's that's still trying to find its identity and and truly having to learn to buy into these. Um, these new concepts and and grow as a group so um, you know we obviously understand the impact that you know his deficiencies are are causing and bringing to this team on a night-to-night basis but you know understanding that knowing that and then going out and doing something to um, you know proactively fix the issue are two different things Um, so kind of segueing into that right as this team continues to work through the year, where is your level of confidence at currently with with this front office and this regime in terms of um obviously we know um you know it's been pretty well noted that still currently that the team has a pretty strong you know as you as a lot of people would call it a war chest of assets and and things that they could do to improve this roster. but where where do you currently sit with um where you think this team could go in the direction that they could potentially take? Um, you know, at that five spot.
1: Yeah, like you alluded to, we have a war chest of picks and a couple younger guys who are in the back end of our rotation and you can handpick any guy to, you know, make a big deal to get another, you know, movable center in in this rotation, but you know, at the end of the day, like how quickly or how willingly would they be you know able to make that trade because I mean you have a guy in Jonas who's you know great team guy and everything like that and you know here for the team and everything been here for a couple years now and seems to be a good locker room guy and a good leader plays every night and you know you don't get that all the time so it's like if there's a deal out there you know we're more than willing to be able to get a trade it just is this front office going to be willing to kind of pull that trigger and rip that band-aid off, uh, to, you know, ultimately boost this team into the next level.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a big question, right? I mean, I, I don't think it's unfair to say that I would say currently constructed, um, and obviously with, with a little bit of luck, just like everybody else needs in terms of health and everything like that, you know, this team's got a lot of really good pieces. Um, a lot of them that I think that with, uh, with the right supporting cast will fit together even, even better. Um, but even saying that I think currently constructed, I think best case scenario, this team's maybe a game or two over 500 in totality. You know, I think this is a a 42, 43, 44 win team, just in terms of it's too big of a, a hurdle to overcome every single night. Um, you know getting that level of production from that spot you know i think it just it 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 makes your margin of error so small when you're having to deal with those kind of things every night that i think you're just really not doing this group um you know justice and um like you said it has nothing to do with jv from a personal perspective um you know i've only heard great things um in the media and, and coming from the team that he's obviously been a stand up guy and a true professional in terms of availability um but I just, I just don't think it's the the right fit and certainly not at the right time. Right. Um, I think Griff and, um, Willie and, and all those that have been around for, you know, a couple of years, they understand that, you know, you don't get an unlimited amount of cracks or opportunities at this, right. They understand that they've got to win and, and they've got to win now. Um, so I think that they certainly are fully aware of it. I wouldn't, I actually, I would be surprised if, you know, Griff and Trajan and, And Swin, if they aren't already on the phone right now at least trying to see what their options are and I think that that's something that that certainly needs to be um, hopefully discovered sooner than later just so we can truly see what this team looks like um, when constructed in in the correct manner. But um, that's about all I had in terms of of the five position. Um, So you know after covering not only Zion and Brandon as a group, but that production from the five tonight, were there any areas that you wanted to touch on? or any other you know discussions that you uh you think the those listeners would really enjoy or, or take get some um you know information out of
1: yeah, just to kind of go back on what I was saying, just like you know obviously stats aren't everything in these games, it's more about what you see on the court and everything, but when you you look at us having twenty four assists tonight, the turnovers being under you know, double digits, you know, that's a recipe for success for this team to win games. But, you know, it all comes down to that rebounding, and I think that just ultimately has shown everybody that we're good enough to play a couple good quarters or play these good games field goal percentage-wise, assists, turnovers, shooting well from the free throw, but at the end of the day, none of that matters if you can't end possessions, which ultimately gives those other teams more possessions to score. So, I don't know. It's just rebounding, rebounding, rebounding is going to make this team be fully unlocked.
0: Yeah. And I know it's, it's going to sound like, and you know, I would, I don't expect this to change over the next coming game. But, you know, it's going to sound like we're beating a dead horse here, but it's exactly like you said, this team has been capable of having really good quarters and really good halves. But I think what you're, what you're seeing is with that lack of rebounding and and the impact that that's having in those couple places that we outlined for everybody, you know, the, the, the margin of error is so small that it, it takes them having, you know, other world worldly quarters and halves, you know, just to be up eight, ten points where they're, you know, they're playing out of their mind. They're shooting at an incredible clip. You know, they aren't turning the ball up. They're doing everything in their power just to offset the impact that they're having by not being able to rebound. And I think what you're seeing in those quarters that that everybody in halves that you're saying would, you know, qualify as bad ones is They're just kind of coming back down to earth in terms of, you know, their play outside of rebounding. And it's just there's such a discrepancy that they're not able to overcome how much of an impact that's having. You know, it seems like we're seeing these bad quarters and bad halves from a numerical standpoint, right, in terms of score. But then you, you think back and you look back and you say, we didn't play very bad. We didn't turn the ball over. We didn't make a bunch of mistakes. We made shots, you know. We didn't shoot fifty percent, fifty five percent, but you know, we shot in the mid forties. We got the like. We're doing a lot of things really well, but I think it's just you're seeing that those negative things coming from you know the rebounding and the impact it's having on defense are just way too large to overcome during a twelve minute span. You know, I think that that is really what you're seeing here, and that the rest of this team outside of that, um, although obviously room for improvement, is playing pretty solid basketball. Um, I think it's just, it, it, it takes you playing way outside your means and, and really your realistic expectations to, to offset that.
1: Yeah, just to kind of go off the points that you're saying, and I kind of iterated just throughout this podcast, it's kind of what I was saying, when they don't get those rebounds, it gets so demoralizing for this offense, because I truly believe the best offense is when they get stops and they just go out and go. Not a lot of teams can, you know, match up with the Zions, the BIs, the CJs, and a couple shooters on the perimeter when they're just going. We don't necessarily have the best, you know, half-court offense or a lot of sets that I've seen in particular. Yeah, we have a lot of motions that get certain people the ball, but we don't have like a, okay, this guy's coming off of a pin down through an elevator screen and getting a shot. Like, we don't have a lot of that. So I feel like in turn tonight, the offense didn't look as good because we didn't get those rebounds and we didn't get out and go because not a lot of teams can match up. Like I said, with those three guys.
0: Yeah. And it's not even, it's not even just playing in transition. You know, a lot of that is like that, that secondary transition where, um, you know, when we're getting that ball off the rim and guys are having to find, you know, who they're guarding in transition and in space, you're getting a lot of mismatches. You're getting a lot of cross matchups where you're getting a, you know, a Trey young or Dejounte Murray matched up onto a guy like BI instead of, um, you know, like DeAndre Hunter or Jalen Johnson. So, you know, for a guy like BI, obviously that's advantageous, you know, in terms for a guy like like CJ, maybe he's getting a big, somebody that's not as, as quick as he is, and he's able to get to his spots and, and get clean looks. And then obviously a guy like Zion, who's going to thrive in transition and play above the rim. Um, obviously, anytime you can get him in space and, and not have two or three bodies, um, you know, around him and looking at him and um you know beating him up obviously like you said that's when these three guys and this team as a whole is going to be itself so by not allowing them or providing them you know a situation where they're rewarded for playing good defense or getting a deflection or properly rotating and contesting a three by not being able to close that out like you said it's demoralizing and you're not you're not providing them with a situation that they can truly maximize You know their talents and their strengths as a group, as well as individual players.
1: Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And you know, I, you saw it tonight. I, the times that they did get the defensive stops and just got out and go. I mean, you saw Zion get a couple dunks, Brandon a couple dunks, a couple shots that you know the couple threes that we did make were in that semi transition, like you said. And but just to kind of go off one of those points is, you know, I think they just did a horrible job of creating matchups that were favorable for us um, and I think that's the biggest thing with this team in a lot of games there are going to be matchups for Zion or BI or CJ like you're saying that if you can get the right switch you know those people are kind of in jail at that point point. and I think they just did a bad bad job like I said and I think it just trickled from not getting any stops and then when they just went down there it was kind of just that you take it I take it this time and didn't They were just going one-on-one with their defender they weren't even getting screens or mismatches and I think they could have done a way better job getting Trey Young either in foul trouble or getting a bigger guy like B.I. on him and just shooting over the top of him and we saw none of that tonight
0: yeah it seemed like um kind of like what you're saying is a lot of it just negatively just especially in that third quarter it just it just really kind of got out of control really quickly right it's like you look up, and you're up almost 10 at halftime, and the next thing you blink, and it's like you're down almost 20. And it's just, you, you look back, and you think, well, where where did that go wrong, right? And a lot of that came from getting an initial stop, giving up a rebound, and, and kicking it out for three. I mean, I'm pretty sure um, during that run, Atlanta hit four or five consecutive threes in a row that were wide open. I mean, the, the easiest shot in basketball is a three-pointer off of an offensive rebound i mean that is literally the definition of a practice shot it's just like a coach kicking it out to you and going through your warm-up or or your workout um you know you're never going to be able to recover or or survive that when you're allowing that especially to a team that that has some some real legitimate talent around the perimeter so um i think just more the reason that that we're shedding this light on on the impact that this is uh this is having and and not only that, but the, the desperation that this uh, front office and organization needs to have in terms of um, correcting this wrong and, and giving this team a legitimate fighting chance every single night.
1: Yeah, no no doubt about it, and it definitely doesn't get easier, you know, the next couple games or the next couple weeks. I mean, you got the reigning MVP, Jokic, and, you know, there are other guys with that, and you're just going to be playing back on them. It's going to be a long night for the Pels for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, with that, Tony, I really appreciate your insight tonight. You brought a lot of good uh, information. And, and not only that, you, you did a really good job of, of painting a picture for our, for our listeners just so they can really see what we're seeing on a night-to-night basis. So I appreciate you providing that insight. Um, like Tony said, we got a couple big games coming up, uh, more opportunities for this group to grow um, as a unit and, and hopefully um, you know, fix some of these issues. Um, but until then, I appreciate everybody hopping on and, and joining us after tonight. Um, got a long road and a long season ahead of us, um, and you know where to find all of your um, most up to date and um, you know exciting, um, you know information regarding this team. Um, with that, thank you everybody. This has been Tony and Pat. We look forward to hearing and uh, speaking with you guys uh, after our next game.